0: you're having trouble sleeping, this episode may help you to understand the complexities of the sleep cycles, how your brain actually works, and so much more. This awesome conversation with Dr. Lucinda Sykes uh, should, at the very least, uh, open up some new possibilities and new approaches to how you would typically treat your sleep, It's very important for the mind, the body, and spirit. So, my name is Mike. Every week I talk about stuff that is important to me. I hope you find it of value as well. Today's Daily Dose is partly brought to you by grassdoor.com. Cannabis delivery made simple, and it's at your door in 45 minutes or less. Save 40% on everything site-wide. Use the code DAILY at checkout. Fantastic. How are you today?
1: I'm well. And yourself?
0: I'm good. How do I say your name? Is it Lucinda or that's Lucinda? Correct. Lucinda. Yeah,
1: that's
0: right. yeah. I'm very, very delighted that you made the time to come on. It's gonna be a, a fantastic conversation. Something meaningful. Hopefully yeah. some you know, something people can uh learn from. That's the purpose that we have meaningful conversations with uh lots and lots of knowledge, wisdom, and hopefully uh we can maybe impact somebody's life to consider a different way, a different method, a different approach, and that they can get some value out of it. As I I continued going through your profile, I saw um, that uh, this is specifically where you were um, specializing in is sleep. Oh, yes. Um,
1: Fascinating um, topic, sleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Are you still practicing or have you retired
1: I've retired from medical practice, which I'm appreciating because now it allows me more scope in my public comments. But uh, I, I'm continuing to uh, to help people. I'm serving women over fifty who have problems sleeping. I've become what is called a, a sleep coach online, and I'm really enjoying this new phase in my life. Excellent. Yes. Um, I,
0: I as a sleep coach, um, the the. Obviously, some of the things that you might be talking about is trying to, like, understand what some of your clients are experiencing first. Everyone's, you know, you may, you know, someone can be over 50, but um, the causality of why they may not be sleeping well may differ. Uh, What are some of those, what are some of those, like, scenarios? What are people experiencing?
1: Well, one of the reasons I find sleep to be a fascinating topic is because when there's problems with sleep, there's all manner of different possible causes. Many different factors contribute to troubled sleep, and they uh, interrelate. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can go right from the purely biological, uh, people inherent sensitive sleep, there is a genetic predisposition mm-hmm. to sensitive sleep. You can see it in family lineages, for example. Okay. And then at the other extreme, there's uh, all the psychological world and how uh psychological factors contribute to
0: And to if sleep. you have both, you're you're really messed up, probably.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 because there there is sort of sensitivity, especially the biological end of things. Uh, for the most part, it's a sensitivity towards sleep problems rather than fate itself. Now, there are some very rare conditions where your genes just foretell that maybe in your 50s you develop fatal insomnia. But that's a very rare condition. And for the most part, uh, people can work with their biology to cultivate the best sleep that's possible to them so that your biology is not fate. But if you don't care for yourself, you don't cultivate yourself, it can seem like fate.
0: I see. And so that's, you know, better habits, better, uh, yeah. just a better overall lifestyle, something that can uh, help promote better sleep or just. Self-care. uh
1: care Caring self-care. for yourself. What it is like, what you work for your garden. You care <laughs> for it. Yeah. You
0: should. I, You know, I feel like. When we garden it's the beautiful experience of gardening has taught me like i'm giving life to this, which in turn gives life back sometimes yeah. fruits and vegetables and it's a an incredible experience um, unfortunately in the cities you don't you know you don't experience that until you happen to you know uh i, I don't know come across it or someone talks about it and you might give it a try. Say ninety nine percent of people may never experience what what we're talking about.
1: Well, but we can garden our own selves. It's our own plot of nature, this yes. creature that we are. We can care for for this creature and cultivate this creature and help the key, creature to flourish.
0: Right, I've been yes. saying for years. You know, like health, mind, body, and spirit, and, and yes. all three are important because. Um the body is a vessel, so you have to take care of it what you know what we're seeing in in terms of uh uh mind and spiritual you know this is the mental illness aspect and some of these other things that we're seeing too. You mentioned fatal insomnia I've never heard of that is it a, a real condition. thing?
1: Yes, it's a rare condition and unfortunately is indeed fatal, and it often shows when it does show up, it tends to show up in the middle decades. And by gosh, the sufferers are unable to sleep, and eventually they do pass away with it. Wow. Oh, yes. Sleep is crucial. Some say sleep is of equal uh, significance to what you eat and the exercise patterns you have. But in actual fact, if you think about it, sleep is even more important. Without uh, sleep, within a week or two, you begin to uh, totally collapse psychologically and physically.
0: I believe that. My wife and I just had a second child. It's been, oh. she's, she's a month old, and we are absolutely losing our shit.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only comfort is we all did it to our own parents, too.
0: <laughs> so we're experiencing firsthand what it's like. Oh, just yes. Maybe two hours of sleep a night. Maybe oh, three yes. hours.
1: Yes, the and, baby's learning. Yeah, and
0: and it's um, it was quite funny just the other night. My wife was so angry. So she's like, "Damn it! I'm so angry. Just oh, go to sleep. I want to sleep."
1: Of course, of course. <laughs> of course, it's the species all around the world. Parents are wrestling with this one. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, it's not fatal, and maybe another month yeah. things will yeah. regulate.
1: Yeah, it it cures itself. Yeah,
0: I certainly hope so. I can't I can't live on this way for much longer.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, nature seems to take care of it as the as the months go by, and then the child mercifully wants to sleep more than the, the parents, and even starts to do so in longer and longer blocks. So. Uh...
0: Ah, we're waiting for that. <laughs> yes, longer blocks, six hour blocks would be a godsend.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes.
0: incredible.
1: Yes, you could say the child is learning to sleep, but actually it may be that the child is learning how to be conscious. Yeah. I see. Maybe we come out of the world of sleep into consciousness rather than as adults we tend to think that we sink into the world of sleep. But uh, actually consciousness may be the, the second stage. This, this oblivion of sleep may be where we come from.
0: Fascinating. I've always wondered what you know. I've always wondered. I'm like, you may have seen this too. A child is born, and within those first few hours, their rapid eye movement um, is noticeable. And I and I joke with my wife. I'm like, she's being programmed right now by the Matrix. That's 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 what we're seeing right now. (laughs) All all the all you know all the things that she's going to need for survival at at you know one day old. It's all being downloaded at this very second. Yes, yes,
1: (laughs) yes. It's all a dream, really. Yes, yeah. Well, the fetus certainly does um, most of the time is sleeping. Yeah,
0: right. I mean,
1: interpret as sleep. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, uh, we, uh, yeah, we'll we'll never know, I guess, unless we can put ourselves in a similar situation. Um, you know, as I think about. A, a sleep coach and the varying different types of issues people may experience in their lives. Um, and you're, you what you're seeing from a professional um, perspective is that it's happening more so above fifty. Um,
1: uh, well, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, yes, um, people in the second half of adult life have more sleep problems, and it's pretty well documented. And it used to be thought that that just meant, hey, older people don't need to sleep. And now we're uh, questioning that one. But, uh, yeah, the, it's more tendency to sleep problems. And for sure, they, the demographic that uses the most sleeping pills are uh, older women. I read that. Pills. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, not
1: to their benefit. <laughs> not to their benefit. But uh, they, need, uh, they need a solution. They need help. And uh, they turn to uh, sleeping pills, yeah.
0: I mean, uh, for the most part, they work. Um, so you know, for some, and we. What do
1: you mean by work? Yeah. They, don't, they don't bring sleep.
0: What? The, what? The, like, what does something like Ambien actually do to the brain?
1: Oh, it it is a, a sedative, as the uh, uh, neuropharmacologist would say. It's a sedative. And, uh, Ambien, for example, quite notorious in a way, uh, will be influencing the, basically the cells in the brain that are also influenced by alcohol. So we're looking at the cerebral cortex and that cells that kind of shut down, uh, consciousness. Oh. Uh, but sleep is much more complex and engages the whole brain. Than simply knocking out the function of the cerebral cortex with uh, sedatives.
0: That's interesting. There's a kind of a a slight connection with alcohol there, Uh, from a lot from a lot of what I've read. I mean, when you're drinking, let's say uh, to the point of excessive drinking, you tend to pass out and you don't really enter REM sleep because of the intoxication.
1: Yes, that's the word for it. Yes, intoxication or sedation. Yeah, it's not natural sleep. And that's why the, the pills are pernicious, uh, because they seem to induce sleep. But now the science is more and more showing that sleep is a fascinating and very complex um, brain state. So it's true when we sleep, the mind goes to sleep, but the brain does not. The brain, rather, is, there's a, a, a complex interaction between the electrical activity of the brain and the physiology. Gosh, just in the last uh, 10, 15 years, we've we've woken up to something called the glymphatic flow. It's fascinating. When we fall asleep, in other words, when we no longer are conscious and it's time to sleep, the brain opens up special channels. The, the channels widen, and then the central, the cerebrospinal fluid, and other fluids wash through the brain. One sleep scientist calls it a power wash for the brain. And by gosh, a lot of what's being washed away as we're deep in sleep is the toxic materials that contribute to uh, Alzheimer's and other dementias. Wow. And that's why now we're starting to understand why uh, chronic sleep problems make us prone to dementia. And lots of evidence now, lots of research showing that if you're sleeping six hours or less, you are more prone to uh, dementia. Disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah, it people. is. Very disturbing.
0: Because, and I mean...
1: The sleeping pills make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can I mean- knock yourself out with sleeping pills, but the 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 chemicals of the sleeping pills are in all likelihood disturbing this complex... Uh, brain process that is involved while we're sleeping. So the sleeping pills are disturbing our brain's capacity to, uh, rebalance and cleanse itself. With and those that,
0: fluids that you were mentioning.
1: Yes. Glymphatic flow. Your listeners can check out that word. It's a fascinating, uh, understanding brought to us just in the last 15, uh, maybe 20 years. I think it's more recent. Yeah.
0: That is really recent. It's, um, yes. it's fascinating to me how much we learn, and but how little is actually uh, uh, produced to the public. You know, it's like it's up to the person to kind of do these deep dives to discover them. Uh, there's all, all these wonderful papers get published,
1: yes.
0: but we don't come across them. And our, our primary caregivers don't mention them if they're even aware of them oftentimes
1: i feel like i feel this too that's why i have a a newsletter list your listeners are welcome to sign on it's called joyfulafter50.com and i send regularly send out emails that are devoted to the research that's relevant to my my population now i'm i'm Especially interested in the well-being of women over 50. But by gosh, a lot of that information is very relevant to the the gentlemen too and the younger folks. I get people of all sorts. And yes, I agree. There is so much valuable research being done. And I, I do want to spread the word.
0: I mean, it's it's incredible to think that if it's six hours or less, that it's contributing to... um dementia or alzheimer's yes, and yes, that's yes. that is a scary thing because in our society we are we're pushed it's like it's it's go time. Yes. Don't, don't sleep, don't worry about sleep, stimulate yourself with social media, with games, with news and then go to work, deal with your kids, so on and so forth. Um and as a parent I can say my wife talks about it all the time. We after a long day of taking care of our children and all the daily activities, uh, we want time for ourselves. And that's where we can extend into 11 p.m., uh, midnight, covered. 1 a.m., and only end up sleeping uh, five, yeah. six hours. To our uh, detriment, we don't, we, don't e- we don't even know that it's to our yeah, detriment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the whole society treats sleep as an afterthought. And I I, again and again I hear from the parents it's the only time they get to themselves. Yes, yes. but the brain needs the research is there. You the brain needs at least six hours, and ideally it would have seven.
0: So seven is like optimal.
1: Seven to eight, yeah, that's the teaching. The CDC says that, and yeah, the sleep scientists and the research. Seems to indicate, depends on the limitation of the research study, of course, but uh, six hours or less. uh, If you are uh, sleeping six hours or less in middle life, say you're in your 50s, then by gosh, by the time you're in your 70s, you have a 30% increased chance of Alzheimer's.
0: That's very high.
1: Isn't it? Isn't it? And that's the Alzheimer's that's diagnosed. Who knows how many people suffer some impairment to their cognition, but it's not given a medical label.
0: Right. I I mean, uh, and if it is, it's probably misdiagnosed.
1: Yes. It's just a little fuzzy or something, but... Uh, and this is a fascinating study, very well documented. Uh, they followed, I think it was 8,000 uh, civil servants in the UK for um, uh, about 30 years. Uh, Whitehall study uh, is called. And um, the the uh, the folks in this study uh, told researchers uh, through the years how much sleep they were getting. And then they were followed up into their uh, 70s. And that's... Uh, where we learned that uh, they had a 30% increase in Alzheimer's if they were sleeping uh, 60, uh, six hours or less habitually.
0: Got it, so like it, night after night after night. Yeah, And, and yeah. this was, a, this was a, a case study around 8,000 people?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I sometimes wonder if uh, the numbers are just not large enough to, to draw a conclusion. But like I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist. I mean, uh, yeah. um, but I wonder these things. Sometimes I wonder things that are way above my pay grade. No. I, <laughs>
1: well, real science is very intelligible. Sometimes the words are fancy and the concepts, you've got to learn them. But real science is intelligible. Yeah, that's what I love doing in my emails. I like to just, you know, tweak them so that it's made accessible. Like the glymphatic foe, I, I just wrote that email a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's available. You, you understood it very well.
0: But you made it digestible and uh, easy to understand. That's, that's oh. what, uh, what it makes a world of difference. Um, oftentimes we hear words like this and it's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking oh. about. You know, and, and, or if our physician tells us something, it's like, I don't, I don't really get that. You know, can you explain it in, in detail? Um, thank goodness for the internet and yes. people like yourself.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Your listeners can look up glymphatic flow, uh, folks. It's spelled G L Y m p-h-a-t-i-c glymphatic flow and you will find uh find information about it there it's fascinating the astrocytes specialized cells in your brain they actually open up channels like it's like an orchestra in there one thing <laughs> all all the different parts are functioning together and this melodious cleanse is occurring and so and the electrical activity of the brain is operating in conjunction with these physiological changes so it's it's fascinating and that's why you don't want to be using chemicals regularly while you're sleeping because you don't want to impair this process
0: and that's tough to do um i'm totally i'm totally guilty of it um you know waking up at 4 a.m after dealing with a an infant and um i'll take two or three minutes and start puffing on one of these things. Yes, You know, yes. nicotine is a stimulant, probably not the best thing. Um, right after waking up, Oh, um, you know, I mean, it's, oh. it's an addiction. What are you going to do? There's so I many.
1: You well, know, You know, we human beings, we suffer. I, I think we suffer more than the animals. I know they're suffering too, goodness sakes, but we suffer with this cognition with the human mind We know of the inevitability of death and we know, you know, we're tortured still by things happened in our childhood. It's really tough being a human being.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been saying it for a long time. Um, Life is hard. It doesn't get any easier. Um, There's always obstacles. This is part of um, uh, part of like the things I've talked about while I was dosing psilocybin, I still do to this day, just not mm-hmm. as often,
1: because mm-hmm. i've
0: I've made breakthroughs in my life that I'm proud of, and uh, it's helped me grow. But through those lessons, it was clear life is hard. people are complicated. Um, and uh, there is no shortage of um, trauma or difficulties in life. So yeah. we have to get stronger. We have to get stronger emotionally and and psychologically day to day to be able to overcome tomorrow's obstacles there's I no like way the around it
1: self-cultivation mike rather than getting stronger sure I like to think of us more like a garden and we want to cultivate the garden rather than go in there and change it
0: yeah well for you know it was a lack of a better term but
1: oh, it's, no no it, it's, yeah. it's, it's you're pointing to something really important our whole culture is devoted to the warrior attitude right and i'm not opposed to the warrior attitude goodness sakes if i get an infection in my finger i'll be you know i'm going to use an antibiotic as soon as possible yeah i'm going to f- fix the problem but the warrior attitude is limited right and this attitude of self-care and cultivation uh in the long run, uh, can be more fruitful in many cases, and it's not really well conveyed in our society. Even the agriculture, we're heavily dependent on the warrior attitude of of fertilizers and and, and so on. That's it's it's just an attitude of our culture.
0: and also you know the um, a a major. Uh, a major role is played by, uh, you know, necessity. Uh, I look at what food looks like today and what it's been like for the four or five decades. It's absolutely, it was absolute necessity to increase production. And if you increase production for the masses, you also encounter a very similar situation as, uh, as you point out the warrior mentality that, uh, you will encounter waste through, through the, you know, um, through the scaling of production, and you say, "Well, we need to combat this waste. We need to minimize losses." So, if you are a farm, and farms are businesses, they want to reduce waste uh, as much as possible. And this is where you see these chemicals come in. For the last decade, I've questioned where much of these diseases come from, and the only thing I can uh, look to is what are we exposed to the most? Yeah, it's food and water, and air oh yes Oh so yes. all three are contaminated and so yeah. yes a little bit uh won't hurt you right because that's how let's say the fda in the in the states will view it parts per million it's under a certain parts per million it's safe but when consumed so
1: yes. yeah
0: when consumed the, your whole life like you're going to breathe air there's yes. no avoiding it you know but your air is not clean yes so it's oh, it's yeah. been a it's been a huge kind of like thing in my mind that uh, that I churn every so often and wonder how how much of those contribute to uh, cancer. What you yes. know? Yes. How Especially much
1: cancer, the immune system, yeah, and uh, dementias, yeah. There's certain aspects of of the body that are so sensitive. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. It's fascinating to me and. Um, every, you know, every so often, if I have the opportunity to, uh, speak to a professional about it, like, um, I I'd like to pick their brain and see what they have to say. What's, um, I mean, cause I feel like, uh on some level there has to be some, a, a, a little bit of correlation there.
1: Well, one usually is caught between opposites. Okay. Consciousness, in a way, is about the dialogue between the opposites. But that's... Big problems, such as, you know, food waste or um, modern agriculture, it's between the opposites. We want to have plenty for all the many people on the earth. We don't want starvation. And we're so glad that we have such bounty. And on the other hand, we realize that the toxins are accumulating. Not only in the globe, but in the individuals who consume this stuff and it's uh these are enormous troubles
0: yeah they are, they are yeah, and you know what it's it's one thing if there if there were wholesome foods um but they're not we have a lot of chemically engineered and um, uh, highly processed foods that uh are incredibly well designed. I mean that's what they are. They're designer foods, you know, packaged and bagged and, and yes. boxed and and so that's also a contributor. And I wonder how much of that also uh can affect sleep. Do you have yes. any do you yes. have any like knowledge of that? That's
1: quite diabolical.
0: <laughs>
1: or, or, yeah. Seriously. I you no, know, at the outset, like I was pointing out, that sleep is so fascinating, at least for me, because there's so many different uh, shall we say, causes or contributing factors to sleep problems. And um I, I, there's no paper jumping into my mind that indicates that people who follow a strictly organic diet sleep better. Uh, maybe there is such a paper. I haven't read it. But I wouldn't be surprised to learn that if you prevent yourself from ingesting more, um, more chemicals than uh, you need to, then uh, you probably would, you know, statistically anyway, have better sleep.
0: Because
1: uh... The creature is designed to be in harmony and balance. And we come into this world, for the most part, uh, in harmony and balance. Give thanks to our ancestors, those many, many, many generations of survivors that have given us our biological heritage. So by and large, we've got, you know, what we need.
0: Yeah. it's uh, You know, that's something else I think about uh, um, quite often. I say, you know, it's fascinating <clears throat> when, you know, a baby is born and they're – and their bodies by design are replicating cells to, to grow and to grow bigger and to, um, <clears throat> and I say to myself, uh, the immune system works in a similar way designed to repair itself, yes. uh, identify toxins and things that don't belong and to yes. target them. So yeah. what happens over a course of a lifetime that, um, the function within the body begins to say, well, we're no longer replicating at the same rate.
1: Yes, yes, sir. well, we're, we're designed to die. I okay. mean, we're meant to die. You know, all that blossoms eventually falls. This is the great mystery of existence.
0: <laughs> it is a mystery.
1: <laughs> yeah, the great Herodotus talking about no man steps into the same river twice you know the the change is inevitable and the big change of course is that we were born and we evolve become this intricate personality and then eventually uh, we're gone yeah
0: right i i'm fascinated by that too it's uh i i view wow. the body as a as this vessel right and so there's yeah. something that powers this vessel that's um that's greater than any understanding yes. that we have and so when when a person passes away um there's this uh this thought in the world that uh energy is um infinite yeah energy doesn't dissipate it 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 may exchange but it never dissipates or disappears mm-hmm. and so I've been fascinated by the thought of like so where does that spirit go are we you know yes. are we launched back into the yes. universe to um To do it all over again. Yes. Some of these ideas of reincarnation may come from some of these thoughts. I don't know.
1: Well, my background is in the psychology of Carl Jung. So I can very much participate with you in this type of thinking. Yes, yes. (laughs) But in the end, we're handicapped by the fact that this that is doing the thinking is uh, too small to comprehend the fullness of it. You know, but it's fun to think, and uh, indeed, we're driven to think. And some would say, Jung would point out, the second half of life is about uh, wisdom. I see. Yeah, that—that's the uh, the task of the second half of life. It's happening in the first half of life too, but there's a whole lot of adapting to circumstances and replicating yourself, and so on. That goes on in the first half of life, right? Self discovery
0: and and everything. Yeah,
1: all these things. Uh, But the second half of life, um, we're dragged, some of us kicking and screaming, to the great (laughs) altar of wisdom.
0: I, you know, I can't help myself. This is where my mind always ends up. Just um, if I'm not working, I'm thinking about things that I'm uh, deeply fascinated about. And uh, I say all the time, I can probably spend a lifetime and more. Multiple lifetimes thinking about these things and may never truly fully understand, but I would just want to begin to understand. That's all. I'm not. Mike. That's
1: why I was interested to to speak with you today because I I was listening to some of your previous interviews and I could see that yeah I share your sensibility in this. Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you for checking out some of the stuff. Uh, I was uh, I was also uh, uh, looking through your profile and uh, looking at the content and. I thought that um, uh, you know, you would be a great addition to uh, to the episode to to provide a lot of value to listeners who may be suffering from this. I mean, as a retailer, I mean that's what I do. I um I am deeply fascinated and interested in plant medicines and have been yes. for a long time.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And so I'm out here in this world trying to discover, you know, um the things that can facilitate whether it's better sleep, you know, um, healthier stress levels, um, pain management, uh, there, these are all complicated things in life. And thats it leads me to the next question about, you know, what can you say or speak about regarding, um, the thoughts of cannabis use and sleep?
1: Oh, fascinating topic. Yes, and the research is coming now. There's some really good papers published just in the last few years uh, looking specifically at cannabinoids and how they can help people sleep. Yeah. Okay. From
0: yeah. what I understand, THC is not good for REM sleep, but you said that real specific word, the uh, the uh, cannabinoids. Right. Those, those are some of the other... Um, uh, uh, chemical compounds generally found in cannabis. And maybe uh, that's where we see a lot more benefit for sleep. But THC in itself, from what I understand, is not that beneficial. Um, can you can you tell me a little bit about
1: well, I've been you read, I, As you can tell by my comments, I have been reading a, quite a bit of the research recently around this topic. Uh, because in my work, of course, I'm always wanting to help people get sleep. Right. Uh, The risk is, if you don't mind, I'll start with the risk because the 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 science is continuing, and in ten years' time, there's going to be various extracts uh, of uh, cannabis and its derivatives that are going to be available to help people get to sleep. And I'm I'm glad to hear about it because I suspect that that will be overall less toxic than the various sedatives, such as Ambien, which are not in any way natural. Whereas, for whatever reason, the cannabinoids are uh, representative or they're influencing receptors in the brain that are there to interact with what we call the endocannabinoids, that that which your own body makes. Right. Okay. Which which is very
0: fascinating. Who knew? It
1: is fascinating. (laughs) Yes, it is fascinating. But let me go back to a little bit of the, the concern. Sure. Uh, if, you, uh, if you use marijuana or its derivatives to help yourself sleep, uh, and by the way, folks, I, I have, I'm a child of the 60s. I've experimented with everything. So uh, I'm not opposed to any of this. I, those questions about the legality and the morality and all this, are I'm not interested. But just on a practical level, if you are using chemicals to help yourself sleep all of the chemicals that we know of so far maybe melatonin i'm not so sure about but even the cannabinoids you will suffer tolerance and withdrawal your brain is going to have to and it will adapt to this persistent chemical that it's experiencing uh, night after night, uh, the receptor balance in your brain will change because the brain is trying to keep its homeostasis. It's trying to keep its balance. And it is influenced by these chemicals. And uh, so it's going to be changing the brain configuration, the balance of receptors in the brain. And that's why the uh, the chemicals lose their power over time. We, we develop what is called tolerance. And then when we stop taking the chemicals, and this is true for the cannabinoids and those of you who are maybe you smoke every day, uh, you will find that if you suddenly stop, then you will usually get a kind of rebound. And yeah, gosh, your sleep is even worse for a while because the brain now has to readapt. It no longer is reacting to that chemical, but it has adapted to the chemical. And now the chemical stops and we go into withdrawal. Now, when I read about that in the scientific literature, that's telling me, uh, well, poor brain anyway. Poor brain having to do all of this and that. Surely there might be another way to help the brain enter this special state of sleep. Because we don't want to impair the brain we want to help the brain to flourish so that while the mind is sleeping, the brain can cleanse itself even more efficiently and it can rebalance the electrical activity even better so that we even have a clearer mind, and more creative mind uh, than, uh, than we do when we ingest any chemicals. And that includes probably the cannabinoids as well.
0: Interesting, though. It's, uh, yeah. I have experienced what you're talking about um where i have taken a break from or at least refrained from consuming any cannabis before bed hours before bed um and uh most certainly that is what i experienced what you're describing uh there were um withdrawals i you know i i personally wouldn't have called them that while experiencing it but from the the research i did it's um it's was suggesting that um, my REM sleep was trying to rebalance and and yeah. kind of re- reactivate because with THC uh, right before bed it was ve- it was acting very similar to alcohol. I would pass out but not get restful sleep. I noticed my dreams came back very vivid. The very first, yes,
1: week. yeah, so
0: powerful. Nature I mean,
1: rallies, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> cold sweats and hot sweats which Aww. would would probably be considered um, withdrawal symptoms for sure yeah I mean what else would you call that um, uh, very bizarre you know waking up the first uh, the first morning you're like oh my god it's all wet what happened here you know and
1: because this uh, cannabinoid receptors all through the body it's not just in the brain
0: right yeah the cb1 and cb2 and it's a yeah. uh, It's incredible. You know, I got involved with uh, the very first cannabinoid CBD in 2013, probably one of the first retailers. Um, Many people were afraid to even kind of uh, consider it back then because people thought it had THC, drug screenings and the like. Yeah. Um, And uh, as the years went by, the, uh, the information came out about the endocannabinoid system. The uh, the receptors associated with it, yes. and the tagline became "You were made for it." Yes, which um, which was really incredible because for the first time there was an acknowledgement that we have systems in our body that accept these things.
1: Yes, it's, yeah,
0: and so that that's kind of we
1: were able to work at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's why it worked. But that's that led to further uh, learning about and understanding that. We're so we're so chemically driven, mind and body. That um, this is why all these chemicals work the way they do. We, you yes. know, we, we we were made to be able to experience chemicals, whether it's from, yes. whether it's generated internally or whether it's introduced externally.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's uh, and that's what the uh, scientists are, you know, who work for the pharmaceutical industry for sure. That's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah, how to tinker with it. and Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say, Mike, that uh, as I'm getting more familiar with uh, the research around cannabinoids and sleep, I have the intuition that as the research continues, that we will rightly encourage people if they must use a substance to to get sleep. And that's probably a way to go that's probably you know especially if people have had grief or uh, physical pain for sure physical pain that that's probably a good way to go
0: well we're seeing that we're seeing yeah. that um, I've, I have a ton of clients
1: that yeah.
0: um, that are being um, their prescriptions are being reduced so it could be for pain it could be for yeah. sleep or anxiety or yeah. I mean I don't know if the insurance companies are feeling the pressure of uh, yeah. uh Lawsuit and settlement, and and deciding like before we get to that point, we're just going to dial back and cut everyone's yeah. uh, everyone's scripts. Um, and, and but we are uh, we are at the same time seeing that uh, for the first time ever, physicians, primary caregivers are uh, leaning in and yeah. saying, you know what, we can't give this to you anymore. But have you heard about this?
1: Yeah, and it's it's there in the research. Uh, uh, You know, physicians making that decision could be very could be um, based in the research they're reading. That's what I'm finding as well. Uh, But again, just a kind of warning that if you're using substances to induce sleep every night, you know, you you want to think again. Okay, because you are you are changing the brain. The brain is having to adapt to this chemical. As I mentioned, withdrawal happens. The very fact that withdrawal happens means that you put your brain through some hoops. You've insisted that your brain do this and that. And as I was mentioning, the, the people who aren't sleeping well in their 50s, by gosh, in their 70s, dementia is a big issue. And... You know, if you're taking a substance that's over-exercising your brain night after night, then actually, that's probably not a healthy path to follow. Right. Uh, uh, You know, cannabis is one of the great... um, It's wonderful. I, I, I love cannabis. But you might be better served if it's a recreational experience rather than something you do every day.
0: Right. I mean, they you know, moderation is the word yes. to be used.
1: There's the wisdom. If you are moderate, you know, and then even into advanced decades, you can participate in this joyous experience. Ayahuasca is so incredible. You can yeah. participate in this, but it's not something you do a lot. You don't need to be greedy. Because, especially as the decades go by, you're on the path to wisdom. And just as we're acknowledging that the receptors in the body seem to be almost designed to respond to chemicals, it might be that they're also designed to mature into wisdom. And that a life well lived and even like I I love Hatha yoga, for example, and well cultivated can give you access to very much of this without needing to put your brain through more hoops. In fact, some of these practices may be actually cultivating the brain, serving the brain, rather than forcing it to do things it really doesn't want to do.
0: I see. So using it in moderation can help. Cultivate something that's more positive than abusing it daily to yes, yes. to uh, to achieve your goals. Um, it's it makes me wonder about some other things that are out there that I've been curious about. Um, I know a lot of people will use melatonin, um, and uh, I from what I understand, that's naturally occurring. It's something that uh,
1: uh, your brain's that making it. Yeah,
0: it, it's already made. So that could be dangerous in itself. If your brain's yes. making it, you're telling it to stop making it, making it. Yeah, because you're, you got it. Yeah.
1: Again, the it, poor brain is getting confused.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you know, some years ago, I learned that uh, the body makes something very similar to nicotine as well. So these yeah. things that these things yeah. that I'm using ha- have been telling my my body and brain to like, hey, you don't need to make this anymore. We get it in abundance from elsewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then there's all the toxins in the smoke as well.
0: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And oh that, that, yeah,
0: that's a, and that was a that's that was a wake up call, and still very difficult to put down because there's a number of factors in these devices uh, that do make them very appealing Um, because you're getting stimulation from various sorts you have the salt based nicotine compound then you have the flavors so it's like your brain's going through this loop of like stimulation from the flavors, stimulation from the nicotine and then back and forth back and forth it's um it's quite incredible smart people in the world of uh uh creating products that's what they do for you know pharmaceuticals, same thing. They're very intelligent people that understand what they're trying to achieve. So, and they'll go about it, you know, concocting chemicals to to figure out how to do that. Um, uh, You know, I didn't know. And I'm sure if I just uh, did a little bit of reading, I would have found out that the brain makes something similar or makes melatonin itself.
1: Um, uh, Yeah, that's what encourages you to sleep each night.
0: Wow. So, from the basic reading I did, it suggested that it was primarily found in animals. Um, oh, so, but, no. but it wasn't mentioned that, like, you know, the human brain also makes it too.
1: Right there in the center of the brain. I mean, right, go in through your forehead, between your eyebrows, keep on going, and you come to the pineal gland and the suprachiasmic nucleus, small structures. But that's where your circadian rhythm is supervised, you know, your sleep wake cycle. You're keeping, you're resonating with the sun. Right. And the pineal gland is secreting melatonin as the sun is beginning to dip. The melatonin levels are beginning to rise. And by gosh, you just kind of want to go to sleep.
0: These beautiful bodies that we have. Yes. We just, we uh, we don't, we don't have. I want to say we don't have enough uh, desire to appreciate them as is. And there's just, uh, and there's too many things to. uh, That's where the
1: wisdom practices come. Yeah. We can devote our our lives or a a significant segment of our lives to cultivating this, our capacity for wisdom. And these substances in part awaken us to the possibilities you know, uh, people who've never used uh, psychedelics, for example, may not recognize the possibilities. It doesn't mean that they then need to consume psychedelics, you know, yeah. frequently to right. awaken awoken to the insight, the potential for wisdom that's been revealed to them through the use of psychedelics.
0: It's a, they're powerful substances. It's, uh, I can't believe it's taken 40 years to get to where we are to To have broader acceptance and,
1: and oh yes, uh, yes I mean, just I
0: agree. just uh yesterday I, I put out a video and in, in it there was um, updates out of Atlanta, Georgia. They're pushing to decriminalize psilocybin, and um and just seeing this happen in real time is incredible. I'm like, it's finally happening, and um, my you know,
1: medical colleagues using psychedelics to assist people in the dying process.
0: I've heard of that too. Yeah.
1: And to assist people who have various forms of mental illness. Yeah. And uh, as the research indicates, as my colleagues are saying that people are really benefiting. And this is aside from legal and ethical concerns. It's very practical.
0: And it should be. I mean, uh, legally uh, there are, there are these laws. I mean, you may have heard of this. So we go back ten or so years, and back then, uh, hemp oil uh, was almost non-existent. It was mostly cannabis oil being produced, mm-hmm. um, and they were uh, and they were helping kids with epilepsy. Parents felt this yeah. this legal and moral battle that they dealt with, which was like, I don't want to lose my kids if I get caught. Social I services uh, and. You know, I don't. I don't want to be ridiculed and judged in my social circles because it's helping my kid. I yes. mean, when when you yes. go from when you go from ten epileptic seizures a day to yeah. one, one or none, yeah. as a parent, you're kind of like, I, I, how can I deny this to my kid? So you know, this, this, this Marijuana
1: is plant is a gift to human, yes. a gift to human mind, yes. Yes. And, and,
0: and so that's why I bring up, you know, uh, the, the moral implications and the legal implications. They don't serve us when we're trying to, um, trying to help people heal. Um, of course, there's probably a fine line there.
1: That well, Mike, that's, that's in part why I'm going to the other side and offering, you know, the caveats, the warnings, because part of the risk when we have a culture, up, you know, until very recently, uh, the culture was saying, you must not go near these substances. It's, you know, uh, darkness, evil, evil. Evil,
0: the devil's I remember lettuce. Reefer,
1: Mad- Reefer Madness <laughs> was a film I saw in childhood, yeah, but that that what that does is uh constellate in the Jungian world we talk about if you go if the society is going to one extreme various individuals will feel themselves compelled to go to the opposite extreme and by gosh the opposite extreme is equally unbalanced right the poor individuals at the opposite end of things they don't realize that they too are in a state of imbalance and so that's part of what I was contributing here. It was saying, gosh, if you're using substances to help yourself sleep every night, look again. Yes. What's is, going on? There's yeah. got to
0: be a better way. What do yeah. you know? What do you know or can uh, and maybe be able to speak about? Uh, I think it's called uh, gamma aminobutric acid.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, that's also a, a neuroactive substance, a, a neurotransmitter, and there's receptors in the brain and so on.
0: Yeah, is there is there any like positive information and or negative information around that substance for whether it's overstep?
1: I have not researched it in depth, so I don't want to overstep. It's okay.
0: That's why I ask. I mean, these are all things that I learn about. I research to the best of my ability. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking for solutions.
1: Let Uh, me offer you. I, like I say, I, I find hatha yoga to be profound. Now that doesn't mean you dress in spandex and go and show off at the yoga studio. Although, I mean, that's fun too, but you can with uh, breath awareness and various other imagery practices, you can begin to influence even the physiology of your body and you can certainly cultivate wisdom. And, uh, Possibly you're influencing the gaba balance in your brain also, and gosh you don't even need to think about it
0: fascinating too. I love yoga primarily yeah. just the, the str- you know the the stretching the the, the feeling uh, the various parts of my body just kind of letting loose yeah.
1: um, yes. yes and we've got decades ahead
0: yeah i know I, I mean uh, I picked it up from my wife because I see her doing it yeah. she follows a a, a really really good YouTuber who does it, um, mm-hmm. and she narrates over them. Uh, yeah. But uh, the practice in itself is is remarkable in the results, if you continue to do them, not, yes, you know, either, not just one if, time.
1: No, no, yeah, that's right. If you If you are willing to spend a little bit of time cultivating yourself in this manner as the years and decades go by, door after door opens, and you begin to have a ripening of your experience. Mm.
0: That's, what you, that's what you mean by cultivating and moving into your second half of wisdom, yeah. wisdom-seeking. And, and yeah. as you said, the, these doors begin to open. I suppose that's what I've been experiencing.
1: Yes, and they open, and they don't open the way you're told they will open. This is not the good advice from other people. This is your own self-inquiry. So you are being revealed to your own self. And so the paradox is, if you have become, shall we say, dependent on the substances, they can obscure this process. Although at the outset, they may have pointed to the first open door.
0: Wow. it's powerful. Wow.
1: It is
0: powerful. I mean, and that's what you know. I think that's uh, that's the troubling part about Mm -hmm. society is the the willingness to be patient and the willingness to uh, to experience without expectation at first, um, because we're 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 so conditioned to just take something. You know, you you feel yeah. this way, take this. You feel that way, take yes. that.
1: That's the culture. That's yeah. the more gratitude. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it's a uh, and as as long as it's working, you continue to use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I you know, obviously we we have seen what that does to people and, and in, in today's culture and society uh it can be very destructive, depending on the um, the substance being used uh obviously the worst culprit of them all is alcohol
1: yes, because it, it, again it's condoned by the culture yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and um and I just I, contribute
1: you see i think I believe that programs such as yourself are are the society healing itself? because your, your your willingness to inquire in this manner and invite others to inquire and then we have the listeners too also inquiring and this is how society heals itself and advances
0: right it says you know that that's the beauty of these programs if yeah. you want to learn about it you can join and and yeah. listen or watch or read you know about the information and what you do with it afterwards is up to you
1: yes um, yes
0: and uh no one's forcing you to, but if you are looking for that improvement, it's uh it is the power is in your hands. You and what lose, you
1: discover you can share with other people.
0: You you lose nothing by trying. Yes. But you may gain quite a bit if you uh if you at least attempt it. Um what are you know so we've covered the, the, the other side. The we've
1: covered a lot. <laughs> I know.
0: The the other side being like, you know what? Too much chemicals bad, just the right amount, depending on what it is, could facilitate uh better sleep or a better experience of cultivating your life into it uh, into into your later years so like what what are some of the things you would um want people to try if they are struggling with sleep they're over fifty or under fifty. Uh what are some methods? What are uh if they're not chemical based, because we've covered chemicals for the most part, what are what are the other options?
1: Oh. Well, it is uh in one way it's a vast uh field, a vast topic. And in the other way, it can be categorized and there are specific things to be said about it. I mean, I, I can tell your listeners if you're curious about some of my way I would reply to your question, they can go to bestsleepafter50.com and download a, uh, a PDF I have of sleep hygiene strategies and other strategies, especially directed to, uh, to women after 50. But as I, I offered, lots of men and younger women too can benefit from simple strategies such as having, keeping a regular bedtime. And turning off those pernicious electronic devices even a couple of hours before bed, because that blue light is shutting down the melatonin in your brain. Wow! Yeah,
0: yeah, we've heard we've heard the the studies on that. But yes, um, it's
1: true.
0: <laughs> but it, but it, you're saying it's absolutely. But I didn't know it's it was true. shutting down melatonin specifically.
1: Yes, I, it's you know, melatonin. Yeah. The
0: the, the, the Brief reading I've done around that wasn't really um, didn't really explain exactly what was it, what it was doing to the brain. It was uh, the the brief explanation was like if you're using devices before bedtime, it could be uh, it could be affecting your yeah. sleep. To summarize, like what these headlines would look like, but rarely do they explain well. This is what it's doing chemically. This well, that, is what that's
1: it's that's doing. For body, have compassion for your body. Your body has evolved over thousands and thousands of years to to um, be guided by the sun. And the the blue light of sunshine tends to lessen as the evening approaches. For various, we'll let the physicists answer that. But you know that piercing sunshine at the height of day, by evening time, the light has become sort of yellow and red and the blue has receded. And you're miracle body recognizes that and so the melatonin levels begin to rise in response to the dimming of the blue light even before all the light is gone the light is becoming more towards the red end of the spectrum and then by nightfall of course basically all the light was gone except we did have campfires we sat around, and even that light was not very blue, was it? If you've sat by a campfire, tends to be more towards the yellow and red end of the spectrum. Right. So, your brain is very sensitive to blue light. In a way, blue light means to it, hey, it's morning time.
0: <laughs> Fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, the brain is very sensitive to the blue light and the, uh, LED technology that illuminates your, your computer and all these other electronic screens, it produces a lot of this blue light. And uh, that's in part why it's really pernicious to be checking your emails just before you're going to sleep. If you have with- sleep problems, maybe you check the emails in the morning.
0: Yeah, I'm totally guilty of that. But yeah. I'm, th- I'm thankfully blessed with, uh, with the sleep department. Personally, my wife is so jealous. She's like, you put your head down, you're out in like a minute or two. I don't know how the hell you do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, yeah. So my work is often with people who have a kind of biological predisposition. Uh, But on the the other hand, I also work with people who've had a lot of childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and have developed what we call hyperarousal. And that also makes it uh, difficult to sleep. So. It's a very it's, complex question you asked me, so that's why I didn't give you a direct answer. A, it's B C. okay. But if they want an ABC, they can look at my uh, PDF, which summarizes some of the really basic things, such as what I just offered there.
0: Well, I'm going to include all of them in the description, a link to your websites and other information. I want to make it as simple as possible yeah, for people like to to uh,
1: people. Yeah. To,
0: uh, to discover it. So as they discover the um, as they discover the content I'll upload, it's going to be uploaded on, uh, I think nearly 20 or more platforms. There's going to be video format, audio format. Um, and, uh, and in every one of those descriptions, it'll, uh, show where people can learn more about you, the work you're doing, um, the websites, the PDFs. Um, and I, you know, sincerely hope that people can find, um, something in there that can help them. It's, uh, Sleep. You know, when we started off the conversation, you did say sleep is probably one of the most important, if not the, uh, the, the most critical aspect of life yes. uh, to, to maintaining a healthy balance. Yes. And uh, many of us, due to technology and how society is operated today, just uh, can't really, you know, we, we don't notice it, we don't sense it, um, and we certainly don't follow it. And we're and we're all likely to have issues with sleep um, in the near term or long term of our lives, if um, if we don't learn to ask these questions sooner and discover people like yourself who are putting out uh, incredible information. This is uh, this can be life changing, and I certainly I'm hope it is
1: wisdom, if, it's wisdom yeah. practice. You see, the great mystery is where do you go when you fall asleep.
0: I I wonder that too. Do you have an answer for that?
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know. There's a great sleep that's ahead of me, but I haven't gotten there yet.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I may
1: have the answer eventually, but I won't be here to report on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that isn't, uh, I mean, that is something I'll ponder about for a long time.
1: Yeah, Uh, fortunately, we have a few more decades to keep going.
0: Well, you know, sleep and the dream state, and sometimes dreams feel so real. I mean, there's. Something very interesting about all of that makes me just like, you know, at my current age and and where I am in life, there are all these curiosities where I question the fabric of reality
1: almost every single day. Yeah, Yeah. the great (laughs) Maharshi, the great Indian sage and saint of the last century, that was the question he used to encourage his followers to find enlightenment. The question was, who are you in deepest sleep? Hmm. And he said, just that question, that's your path.
0: That's, that's one I've never asked. Something I can think about now.
1: Who am I in deepest sleep?
0: Gosh. Wow. It's been such a pleasure. Was it's there anything else?
1: With you. No, I think we may have. We ended with Ramana Maharshi. It's hard to follow <laughs> that one now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been so good. I would love to have yeah. you back on again sometime in the future. I'm
1: available. I'm available. Um, it's good yeah. You
0: know, it's uh, because it's very difficult to to try to cover everything in one hour, an hour and a half. It's um, And I've noticed over the years as I've done this that um, having... Uh, future dates where we can come and talk again and, and, um, and we we would have learned new things. We would have learned um, more with, uh, with information that comes out in the coming months and years, you know, new information comes out, new things, you discover new things as you help new clients. And so this is, um, this is a, this was a very special episode. I'm just so very grateful. I had a great time.
1: Thank you, Mike. Truly. Yeah. I'm wishing you well, and I'm sure you have a fascinating audience out there too.
0: <laughs> and they're growing quite, yes. you know, quite rapidly. I'm, uh, I'm just so very grateful for all you guys out there that uh, stick around and are interested in what I'm trying to do. Um, and I try to get better every single day at doing this. It's not easy, but it's not easy at all. Uh, but I, the question
1: for wisdom is not easy. Yeah.
0: Well, and documenting it isn't easy, yeah. you know. These yeah. videos that these solo videos I do are very difficult at times. I'm like, you know, sometimes my brain is jumbled and I'm trying to put these thoughts together uh to to convey them um in a digestible way. It's uh it's tough, man.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that was the first episode I listened to was your reflections on sleep. Yeah.
0: First I, you know, it's ago. the there's so many things in life that um, we, we know are an issue we don't address and it, it becomes too late and we have uh, one alternative left, that's medications. And um, I, I want to believe that there's a time and place for those. You know, pharmacology is not a bad thing.
1: Yes, I am agreeing with you, aren't I? I, I hope that your listeners recognize that. Yeah. yeah. And that it's the middle path it's neither one extreme nor the other this is the path of wisdom